Jill Bennett sitting in for Simi today. Well, this is a question that has been asked. It has been studied many times. Can we or will we ever be able to travel through time? And if so, what would it be like? Joining us now is Dr. Lawrence Krauss, theoretical physicist, also author of the new book, The Known Unknowns, The Unsolved Mystery Mysteries of the Cosmos. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's nice to be with you, at least virtually. <laughs> yes. So is it something that's, uh, that we will get an answer to, do you think, uh, that question, will we, can we travel through time? Well, I think we probably will get an answer, but one of the great things about it is, and this may sound depressing to you, but for, if you're a scientist, it's actually exciting. We don't know the answer, and that's, uh, that, that's what the book's all about, and, you know, the, the first three wor- words of the book are that I don't know are the most important words in science because they're an invitation to discover. The main thing is that we, what is amazing and surprising to me when I first started to think about it is that time travel is at least not impossible. Many people... Um, have have thought it was impossible for good reasons because it produces paradoxes. In fact, uh, um, my late friend Stephen Hawking, when I wrote a book called The Physics of Star Trek, had said time travel was impossible because if it were possible, all we'd already be inundated by tourists from the future, for example. Uh, I countered him by saying they all went back to the 1960s and no one noticed, so <laughs> he had to change his mind. But but the point is that given the law, given general relativity, given our, our this, which connects space and time. It says that space and time are really on the same uh, the same basis, and therefore, if I can go on a circle in space, if I can travel to Vancouver and back, why can't I go on a circle in time and travel to the future or the past back? And general relativity says that well, I can write mathematically down the exactly what you'd need to have a universe that allowed time travel, and so <clears throat> that's no problem. The real question, and the thing we don't know, is. Can you create such a universe? Do we live in such a universe? We know it requires a very special type of matter and energy, particular energy, to produce something that might allow you to go backwards in time. Uh, but we just don't know if you can produce that kind of uh, uh, configuration. But, but if you could, you, you would have those paradoxes. And that's, that's one of the reasons many physicists are skeptical, because I could go back in time and kill my grandmother, say, before, why I would want to do that, I don't know, but kill my grandmother before my mother was born, and then if my then my mother wouldn't exist, but if my mother wouldn't exist, then I wouldn't exist, and then how did I go back in time and kill my grandmother? And, you know, some people have suggested that the solution is that when you go back in time, you're sort of doomed to repeat exactly the same events. You can't change things. Right. Uh, there's, lots of, there's, lo- there's lots of sort of potential loopholes, but we just don't know. Now, there's another really interesting thing about time travel that I think this is the first time I've mentioned it in this particular book. That, that kind of also puts a kibosh on, a little bit on some of the science fiction stuff, like the famous Time Machine book of H.G. Uh, Wells. If you have a time machine, it also has to be a space machine. Because what most of us don't realize, because we feel like we're standing still here on Earth, is that the Earth is going around the sun at 30 kilometers per second. Pretty darn fast. If I went back in time an hour and, and came out in exactly the same place where I was when I, when I, when I started the, the time travel... The Earth would have, an hour ago, the Earth would have been in a very different place, and I'd end up in, I'd come out in in empty space, which would not be very, very uh, conducive to being alive. (laughs) And so, uh, and so you'd have to have a space and time machine. It's, but it, you know, the ideas are fascinating. The fact that, the fact that we really don't know if you, we, we actually know how, 
We know the kind of configurations you'd have to create. Something called a wormhole, for example, would make a time machine. But we just don't know. A wormhole, by the way, if you saw the movie Contact, is the, yes. is the short, shortcut through space that Jodie Foster took. Well, it turns out you can prove that such a, if such a thing existed, it would also be a time machine. And, and, uh, and we, just, we just don't know if you can create it. There are obstacles to creating it. It turns out a normal wormhole would have the mouth of the wormhole collapse to be a black hole at either end so you could never get through if there was normal matter. But if you had this strange kind of energy called negative energy, you might be able to keep the mouth of the wormhole open. All of these are open questions, and they're the kind of things that, that fascinate people like me. But, and, in fact, I you know, used to get paid to, to think about these things. But I think they're fascinating for everyone. And, and the really neat thing is questions like time travel, which are really at the forefront of science, are also the very same questions we all have ourselves. And the same is true for all the questions in, in the book. They're really fundamental. How did the universe begin? Are we alone in the universe? That sort of thing. You mentioned, too, and I think so many people think of going back in time, if you could do that, and doing something that would alter the how life played out and how that would maybe cause chaos for everything. But you also mentioned going time travel to the future. How would that even be possible since it hasn't happened yet? Well, that's a really good question. And, and it could, if you think about uh, general relativity and you think about space and time being more or less the, part of the same thing, then some theories say that the future is already ma- mapped out in a sense that space, just like all of space exists, all of time exists, and, and the future and the past are, are we, we, we exist at one moment in them, but the future is already there, and we don't know. And, you know. But one thing I can prove to you is that there's no, no one has traveled to the future already, because um, and you sort of get an idea of it from the Back to the Future movies, but, mm-hmm. but if I could go into the future um, just one day, I could become richer than Elon Musk, right? I could, I could know what the stock market's going to do tomorrow, come back today and make the right investments. And, 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 and so the fact that there are so few multi-billionaires in the world indicates that, that no one's traveled to the future. Are we talking about parallel universes then, or is that something completely different? Well, that's a good point. Some people have suggested, although I don't see any way for this to be the case, but, but they've suggested that, you know, maybe when you go back in time, uh, you you and you come back, you end up in a slightly different universe than you were in before. Uh, you, the laws of quantum mechanics are sometimes interpreted to be as if every time I make an observation, I pick one universe out of many. I don't happen to like that that picture. I think, it, but but it is one way of thinking about quantum mechanics. And some people said maybe there's a loophole. Maybe you jump to another, as people would say, branch of the quantum wave function when you come back. So it's okay that you've changed the the future when you when you've gone to do the past. But as far as I know, there's no physical argument that suggests that should be possible. Now, there may be parallel universes. There may be other universes. In fact, if there are extra dimensions, there could be a whole other universe a millimeter away from you in an extra dimension that we wouldn't even know about. Um, and, and physicists have speculated about that. It's, again, one of the known unknowns. So string theory, for example, suggests that there are many extra dimensions that we can't experience, usually because they're extremely, extremely small. But as actually one of my former students showed, that you could actually consider extremely large extra dimensions but if all the forces that we experience are only tied to our dimension, except for gravity, then those could exist and really be invisible to us. And so these are, these are interesting speculations. What really makes it more than metaphysics is that we, we're trying to do experiments to figure out if these things are true. And so ultimately, it'll be nature that will decide 
what's true or isn't. And whether we like time travel or not, whether we find it confusing uh, or not, is not it, that's irrelevant. If, if it's allowed, it's allowed, and we'll have to bend our minds around what's possible. Just like thinking about not just time travel, but the beginning of time itself. If time had a beginning, then there was no before. But if there's no before, then, then we have to change our language because we tend to think of cause and effect, right? Something happen- if something happens, there was a cause of before. But if there's no before, there's no cause in that way. And, and, and that's, those are difficult things and strange things, but, and they make us uncomfortable. But that's okay. The universe doesn't exist to make us comfortable. It, makes it, it exists to, 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 to open our minds. And, and, and every time we're uncomfortable, we're, we're, we're sort of entering new territory. And that's the, that's the thrill of discovery. And for me, I find it addictive. Oh, definitely. Uh, and we only have a couple of minutes left, but I'm curious. You mentioned Jodie Foster in the movie Contact, and if people have mm-hmm. seen it, you, you remember mm-hmm. the, the physical of her going through that wormhole. Uh, who's going to be the guinea pig? Do we know what it would do to somebody to actually travel through time? Uh, well, if it was a wormhole, and if you had a big enough wormhole, then you'd survive. A small enough wormhole would, would have such strong gravitational forces in it, it would be very close to being a black hole and you'd be stretched like spaghetti. So you really wouldn't want you wouldn't want to send anyone you cared about in there. But a big enough wormhole in principle, in principle, could be survivable. So but it it just depends upon the type of time machine, uh, if one exists, the type of energy and matter configuration that you put together. And um, and there are many lots of papers have been written down physics papers suggesting mathematical types of, of, of time machines. And they differ. One, some involve cosmic strings, some involve wormholes. What's clear is it, it, you can't do it with just you know going into your basement or into your garage. You need something, a new type of energy and a, a new type of configuration of matter and energy. So it's not the kind of thing that that uh, we're going to be able to engineer. And we just and you know maybe in, in in particle accelerators we might be able to probe to see if we can create those weird configurations. It's not going to be uh, an everyday phenomenon. And I, I I'm I'm betting frankly that. It's, I'm betting it's not possible. But what's great about science is being wrong and, and being surprised. And so I'd love to be surprised. All right. Well, it is fascinating research. Uh, Dr. Krauss, thank you so much for joining the show and for talking more about this today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You take care.